Hello, everyone. This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with the dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. So today I am joined by uh, dog behaviorist Paul Hewitt from Beard Meets Dog in the UK. How are you, Paul? Yeah, great. Thanks, Brian. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Good to have you here. So um, before uh, we get into some of your background and everything, um, I just wanted to uh, wanted to tell our listeners how we met, because I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've been listening to the podcast for, for nearly two years now, um, so I think I'm caught up with, with all of the back catalog. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and uh, as a result of one of your sort of more recent podcasts, I reached out just to query the um, uh, one of the, to basically to find out more about one of the behaviorists you mentioned on there, and just to sort of say thanks really for um, providing me with a, with a whole ton of information while I was preparing to, to move into the industry myself. So, uh, and then I think it's kind of growing from there. Oh, cool. Well, I, it's been, it's been, you know, lovely talking with you for the past couple of, uh, couple of weeks here. So, um, you know, I really appreciate your, your, your support and listening and, and, uh, you know, I think, I think you and I have a pretty strong kinship here. So, um, tell our, tell our listeners here a little bit about, uh, about your bra- background and, and how you got into, to, uh, to dog behavior training. Yeah, sure. So uh, um, I, sp- I suppose a little bit, little bit about me, really. I, I joined the police at 19, back in 1998, um, served for 12 years uh, before I, I decided that it really wasn't something I wanted to finish my career doing. Okay. Uh, moved on to another government contract. Um, and as a result of um, basically being involved uh, with that contract, I was brought in to run the player security at the Wimbledon Tennis Championships one year. Oh, wow. Uh, and then basically from that, I was kind of recruited then into into the close protection world. So providing security sort of services and problem solving services for uh, people that needed it, really. So, you know, sports personalities and, and actors, uh, musicians, business okay. um, entrepreneurs, those types of people that need it. Uh, and I've been in that industry for 10 years. Um, with the, the sort of the advent of the lockdowns with COVID back in 2020, uh, we are still working for a client, but I found I had an enormous amount of time on my hands to think. Um, and I've really been thinking for the last 20 years how I've actually been joking with people that I was going to retire and just be a dog walker. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, being around dogs has always made me happy. It's something that, you know, I'm really happy every time I kind of meet a dog. So I was working through lots and lots of different options as to how I can combine my two passions which is helping people i like to help people and get things done and and being with dogs and i went through the whole whole range of i was going to be a mobile groomer to a dog walker uh, maybe some boarding and i hadn't actually considered training or behavior as a, as a career i didn't really think it was a, a, a an option for me here um, met a family friend who had started as a behaviorist uh, if, you know a few years prior to that um, when I had a breakfast with him and talked through uh, what was involved and, and, and sort of knew instantly that that's, that's what I want to do. This is what I should have been doing all my life. Okay. So um, started about two years ago, just just under two years ago now, I'm on, a, on a, my diploma, um, studying while I was working. Um, and I launched the business back in September last year, uh, completed, completed my course, took on board another 
training, um, sort of a practical session uh, course at the end of that one, and then launched my business back in September. And that's what I've been doing ever since, really, uh, just helping people with, with dogs that have got problems with behavioural issues or something that's kind of causing them to be frustrated or stressed. That's hopefully what I can go in and take away. Okay. Well, fantastic. And that's a, and that's a great a great kind of intro to who you are and, and what you do, and that's given me, like, 10 more questions that I have for you here in addition to the, the list that I had for you. So what what about that conversation with your friend who was getting into, into behavior training? What about that conversation struck you and you knew this is what I want to do, not not walking or not dog walking or dog sitting or, or boarding or, you know, agility or Schutzen or any, any other disciplines out there? What what made you think this is it? Yeah, so it was. I had to. I had to think of something. Obviously, you, you know, we all have financial commitments, and to quit a job and start a new one was is quite difficult. Um, <laughs> sure. I also, I also wanted. Uh, you know, obviously, we have these sort of financial commitments with mortgages and things. So, I, I wasn't in a position to financially just stop work and then build a new business with no income. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, what what really appealed to me about this was the fact that. Um, I, I was then in control of my hours, so I can work as many or as few hours as I like. I can right. move things around. Um, I, I kind of hate at the moment, or I hated with the security work that it was so time sensitive. Yep. So if you weren't available for, say, you know, six days or six weeks or six months, um, because of you know one uh, one day in the middle you needed to do something else, you you wouldn't be able to do that job. Or, oh wow. You were, you know, you couldn't triple book for work. Um, sometimes I was triple booked for work with inquiries, but you couldn't obviously take them on. Whereas at least with this, I like the fact that because I don't like to say no. If I can help somebody, I'd rather put myself out to help them. Sure. So it really hurts me to say sorry, I can't help. Whereas at least with this one, I can say I can't help you Tuesday, but I can come and see you Thursday. Um, I really like the problem-solving side of this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, actually going out and kind of analysing, you know, not just the dog, but the people and the situation, and going, okay, I've got this sussed, um, uh, and be able to really change people's lives. You know, I've, 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 like I said, I've not been um, working for very long. I've only been working since last September, um, but the messages I get back from people that have said, some people have said to me, look, if we can't fix this, we're going to have to give up our dog. Right. And then you've got the children crying in the background or there's, there's conflict between the husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get a message afterwards saying, wow, you know, we this has changed our lives. Thank you so much. And that's what I feed on. Um, sure. Now, I thought I probably could get a, a great kind of sense of satisfaction just me being out walking with the dogs um, out, or, you know, or being a groomer or something. But this really feeds into my two passions. It's not just being with dogs. It's the, the really helping people and something I've always kind of fed off is that that kind of reputation you get when someone says go and see Paul he'll you know he'll help you out he'll get this solved for you um I've always kind of liked being that guy so it's just combined those two passions for me and that's what that's what really sparked my my kind of uh, journey really into um I should take a shot for that listen to the last uh, podcast um yeah, my journey into into this sort of dog behavior, self training world. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just catching up to what you said there. Yes, you said the word journey, so someone yeah. has to take a drink somewhere for yeah. us. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I've got a copy here. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Terrific. Um, so, so this is this is your first foray into being your own boss, then. 
Um, well, actually, no, I did uh, in, in between those things. So in between leaving the police and uh, so there was a transition period between leaving the police and moving on to the other government contract where I actually set up a uh, smoothie juice bar uh, in my home city. Oh, that's uh, right. You told me that. Okay. It was very hard to, to launch that. Uh, and the, the day uh, we opened our doors was the first mention of the word credit crunch. I don't know if you had that in the US. <laughs> we did. The, the 2008 global crash. Uh-huh. So uh, the, the four billion pounds redevelopment project of the area that I bought into that was you know, really going to be a big boost for me stopped, uh, and, I, and I worked very hard on that for three years um, before kind of finally closing the doors um, for my own sort of health and, and sanity. Really. Sure. So um, so yeah, I've, I've run I've run you know a company before, and it, with the security work, um, I'm what they call self-employed. Oh, oh right, um, okay. I don't know what you call that, like a sole sole trader. Uh, no, um, we we also call it self-employed. Ah, oh, perfect. Yeah. So that's and then you you contract to other companies okay. for the clients, or you work direct to clients. So a little bit of experience of the kind of business side of things, but it's very very different businesses. Okay. And so I'll ask right off the bat: How do you like it so far? Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I know it's new, uh, so the. So the shine still on the package but um i i, I you know I, i've been and i've actually been incredibly busy the last couple of weeks the works you know, my website launched a couple of weeks ago right um sort of unintentionally we didn't realize it was live and all of a sudden we started getting inquiries <laughs> and referrals and uh, but i love it i absolutely love it I, Excellent. You know, I come home happy um you know e- even if it's a difficult problem sure uh, or a difficult dog or a different family you're actually helping somebody um, and the thing I actually really, really like about this is people, people, you know, haven't got you there just for fun, just to come and you know, meet, make friends with somebody. They, they've got a genuine need. Right. So they're genuinely quite receptive to what you have to say and they want to help and they want to solve their problem. Whereas security was almost seen as a, an inconvenient cost that people don't want until they need it. Um, ah, okay. so the, the sort of approach that you get from from people now is much more welcoming, I'd say, or much more, um, maybe that's the wrong word. They're much more interested in what you've got to say and they're much more receptive to what you've got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Receptive is the, is the word that I use for that. So, okay. And, and so from just from that simple standpoint, it, it, it's easier to like this work better because you're, you're kind of wanted, you're needed. It's more fulfilling from that standpoint. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, even if you took out the other factors with all the travel that I had to do with the security and you go to some amazing places and then you go to some not so amazing places. Sure. But even when you're in a you know an incredible resort um, or part of the world, you're still working. Um, so there was never any time off. You're not at home. You don't get to eat your own food. Um, whereas at least with this, I know I'm home every night. Um, I get to manage my structure and manage my day so I can book things in and move things around and it's just it's just a, a much better quality of life and right. then you add the work on top of that it's it, that's kind of the icing on the cake really right yeah i i got a call the other day from uh, uh from some woman who needed help with her dog and i said you know hey i've got the afternoon for you i can be over there in about an hour and and she she was thrilled about that and i think she even uh, wrote a wrote a review for us that that we came same day and I and I love that I'm I think I think the the older I get the less structure I want in life and so I like you know that spur of the moment sure I'm not doing anything right now I can come help you right now and and you know just get it over with and and 
and and give those people the the relief that they need um, as soon as possible. And 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 that that makes me enjoy the the job that much more sometimes too. So outstanding. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, so a couple of, you know, kind of, kind of more, more, more formal questions, but, but these I'm very curious about is, is, you know, what did you study, um, in order to learn about, about dogs and behavior? And I, and I mean, before we get into the, the degrees and certifications and the stuff that, that, that the UK wants you to have, like, what did, what did you, who did you look at or what videos did you watch or what did you do to learn more about dogs? Sure. Um, so I, I, try to and i've always done this in all my other careers i try to throw myself into something i almost flood myself with information sure see what sticks to see what resonates with me to see what i like and i learn as much from from people uh, how not to do things or what i don't like as i do from how i like to do things um so with this i i started on a, a you know a formal course uh, an accredited diploma which was recommended to me by the family friend at the same course that he took he recommended it to me. It was a great option when I when I researched the sort of multitude of places that you could go to and, and the routes you could take. It was a it was just a good option for me. Okay. Um, but outside of that, so you'll have a formal structure of, of study like you would with any course, and then it's all your you know, external sources. So you know the one example or the one the first example is podcast. So your podcast was a great source for me. Oh, okay, great, um, thank you. There were a couple of other, other podcasts. Um, that I listened to that I listened to because I knew I wouldn't like what they had to say. Okay. Um, and it was just interesting to kind of see how they got to that route. Uh, I've got books. I've sort of sat in my office at the moment, and at the moment there are uh, 10 books, I think, on the shelf that I've, that I've finished reading. I when I finished reading it on the shelf. Right. I find that that's great for general just general knowledge, I think, but trying to research a specific point, the internet's the, the greatest tool, and I think YouTube was an amazing source of that. So I've had hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of various different YouTube tutorials. Um, again, I think you can you can use that as, a, as an amazing education source. It's not always perfect, but it's it's great for for giving you a, a variety of options. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I looked at a lot of dog forums and and Facebook groups. Um, so the groups would give me kind of specific leads. I did read quite a few studies that were, uh, you know, specific to things I was I was actually uh, focused on on that module. Uh, again, I found those quite hard work um, because as because as a PhD um, study, that's essentially how they're going to get their qualification. Right. There's maybe 30 pages of filler, and then the top paragraph and the bottom paragraph of that study or that review is actually the relevant part. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else I, where else I went. A lot of audio books. So at the time, I was doing a lot of driving backwards and forwards to London. So oh, at sure. one point, I was driving backwards and forwards every day. So and, you know, an hour and a half drive each way. At the time, there was zero traffic. It's right. Like the, it was like the Walking Dead at one point driving through <laughs> London. It was amazing for driving. But, sure. Yeah, horrendous for, for the country. But um, so I listened to a lot of audio books um, to fill up that, um, you know, that that time. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. I mean, a lot, a hell of a lot of articles. So if you if you Google the question or the problem you have, there'll be there'll be a lot of people that have actually you can find the um, art. They're, they're basically obviously writing about the same thing you're researching. Mm-hmm. So to read through there. So a lot of that. Um, okay. And then I went out. So um, the theoretical side of it to me is quite important. I'm I'm one of these guys that reads instructions because um, <laughs> I like to know how things work. Right. Um, I'm not the take it out of the box and just start building it. 
Um, I don't know, maybe that's a thing with my brain and how that works. Um, and then I just started to volunteer with, with rescue services, and I oh, found okay. that quite difficult over lockdown. I think they were kind of almost oversubscribed with people that didn't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of them basically weren't interested. I think they were oversubscribed. But I worked with one, a, uh, they're called Staffian, Staffian Stray Rescue. So they mainly focus on Staffordshire Bull Terriers okay. or Bully Breeds right. and try and help those. So again, not, not maybe as popular as some of the other rescue options. Um, I started working uh, with, with friends and family's dogs. Um, and then I put up a couple of posts on, on my local Facebook community group, uh, which is kind of like the modern day notice board to say, hey, I'm studying this. If you've got any issues with this problem, um, I'm you know, still a student, but I'd love to help and get some experience and see if I can, can help you. And oh, okay. I think one, one host got me 48 responses wow. um, and every single person either got a a response from me online or a phone call or an in-person visit. So sure. That was a really, really good experience. Um, just, just say working with people's dogs for free, giving them my my you know, my opinion because I think that's all I can really call it at this stage is the opinion um, and helping people. So that was yeah. So that was sort of probably a very long way of talking about that, but that was my my route into into study. Oh well, that, that's great. I didn't I didn't remember us uh, us talking about half of that stuff, and I and I forgot the um, the rescue stuff that you did because that's that's what made all of the difference for me was once I got into rescue and saw, you know, through, through time that kind-hearted but uh, maybe slightly misguided people in uh, in the rescue that I was working with, and and realized after a time that I was getting results with dogs that that other people weren't. And the more I thought about that, and the more I practiced it, and just focused on the dogs, the better I got. So I, I I agree with you. I think I think getting involved in a rescue, whether it's a, you know, a, um, a, an unaffiliated. Uh, standalone rescue group or um an spca something something like that i think is a great way just volunteering to to help dogs and study dogs is a is a great way to to learn so anyone who's interested in in going this route that uh, that uh that paul and i have um yeah please start with that and you're doing a good thing by helping helping other dogs in in doing that so i'm a i'm a huge fan of that um so so you and i'm you know I, don't worry about it. This is listened to all over the world. Like we have a listener in Uruguay and, you know, a couple in South, South Africa, but this is, this is coming from good dog workshop based here in America. So who did you like when you were watching their videos and listening to them? And who did you think was, you know, garbage? <laughs> um, if, you, if you're so comfortable I, answering I really, the second half of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, unfortunately I'm, I'm, too honest um, <laughs> please maybe makes me maybe probably makes me not maybe the best business person but uh i'd rather just be honest with things so i i'm actually um i like a lot of season milan stuff mm-hmm. i really like the, a lot of what he talks about with the energy and, and your whole approach to to dogs i think he gets really misrepresented i think people need to remember that english isn't his first language right he grew up in in a part of Mexico that I probably wouldn't want to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe not quite as, as, as pleasant an upbringing as I had. So people that take into account of that. So I actually really like a lot of what uh, Caesar um, talks about uh, on his sort of newer YouTube um, channel as well. I got a lot of his information from. Okay. Um, who do I, who do I, what? I'm trying to think who I've watched because I, to be honest, I haven't been looking at the YouTube channels that often. I'm trying to go to the positives first. Um, or, or, or some people that you gained a few positive things from, you know, not, not you like, you love them overall, but just a, a few things here and there. Any, anyone yeah. like that? 
sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I take. I think people people think they'll take ninety nine percent of what someone says. If they disagree with one percent, then that makes them a bad person. So I don't. <laughs> I don't take that correct approach. I take. I would rather take one percent from somebody that is really valuable and not likely the ninety percent, and then ignore. Then ignore any of what they said. Right. Um, I like um, some of the some of the Beckman's. Uh, I think Beckman training. Okay. Uh, he's another guy. He's based down in California. Mm-hmm. I think some of his stuff. Um, I quite like some of his uh, some of his conversational pieces that he does when he's not actually working with dogs, where he sort of breaks down some of the studies. That was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a guy in the UK called Will Atherton. Um, oh right. Senior canine leaders, I think it's called. Um, he's he's quite good. Um, I, I, I quite again, he's a similar approach really, where he he's he's almost it's almost like he's taking the words out of my mouth with a lot of things he says. Okay. Um, so he's he's very good. He's someone I've watched watched a lot of recently. Um, I watch the. I think the problem is I kind of fall into that YouTube uh, wormhole of watching video after video and not noting <laughs> down the names. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, well, so, so that, I, mean, I should have, I should have thought about it, but yeah. No, no, the, no, that, that's fine. And, and you didn't know that I was going to be asking yeah. some of these questions. So, so no problem there. So some of the negatives and, and the first one that comes to mind is Victoria Stillwell, because I'm not a fan of hers. And I think she does a disservice to dog training and dogs in general, but you have more background information on her than I ever knew. But tell me what you think about Victoria Stillwell and her methods. Yeah. So again, I think I think she's kind of misrepresented um, a lot of information, uh, and it's and it's basically all about marketing and PR there rather than actual um, knowledge. Okay. So from from my understanding, and this is uh, this is um, you know completely my from my research, so I can't one hundred percent attest to it being completely accurate. But right. I'm, I'm very very sure it is. Um, she started off as an actress stroke dancer. That was that was all her education and background and professional qualifications. And in that industry, you generally need a second job. So she was a dog walker for a second job. She okay. saw the Super Nanny program um, right. <laughs> and then pitched an idea of, um, I can be a Super Nanny type character, but for dogs, but for dogs. instead of people. And that's exactly um, how she comes whole, across. Yeah, I, particularly the, the early stuff. I, mean, um, I know she lives somewhere in the States now, um, but particularly her early um TV stuff was all based in the UK. She turned up as a very much of a dominatrix. It was very much a character that was being played. Um, ah. her, her message of, um, you know, everything is is in a nice little pink bow and, and nice and fluffy and, and soft is completely opposite to how she started. Um, there's a great, um, I think it's still available on YouTube or on the internet somewhere, episode of her working with a husky called Diesel where she used um, e-collars or shot collars or whatever they were called at that point, lots and lots of positive punishment, lots of dominance theory. And it was kind of obvious to me now that I've done a little bit more more research into the book paper that it was almost a script rather than any, any real knowledge. Oh, interesting. Um, so I, I don't really like that. I don't, you know, I, I don't purport to be a dog expert. I don't, I don't think humans are dog experts. I think dogs are dog experts and we're dog students. Um, I know probably about 1% of what there is to know about dogs. I'll never, ever complete that, that kind of, uh, study, research, education. I don't think, sure. think there's always something to learn. Right. And I really, I really dislike people that kind of play characters or purport to be something and, and they really don't have the, uh, maybe the knowledge to back that up. I see it as quite disingenuous and dishonest. So 
So I don't really like that, and I don't like the way she now um, portrays herself as um, you know this purely positive, um, positive only, force free, whatever the kind of buzz term of the week is <laughs> uh, character when she clearly wasn't, and that's not ever been explained. So. So yeah, I, I, although I do listen to some of her podcasts because they, she does have some interesting guests, uh, that's more of a view to how not to do it um, and how they 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 use certain language and it's very um, it's, they misrepresent a lot of what they say and they I think they're deliberately deceiving people um, down a path um, that is that is just 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 not honest. It's not it's very disingenuous. Now whether you agree with Certain people's mythologies is is you know an entirely a personal choice. I think right. there'll always be people that disagree, but when you misrepresent things, I think that's quite disingenuous, and I don't like that. Right, and and that's a that's an interesting point that you bring up because I was applying to um, you know I Red passed away in November, and have been looking for a uh, for a new cattle dog, and I applied to a to a rescue um, and was called up the other night and and interviewed and one of the last questions which i thought was interesting she said so as a dog trainer you know we definitely want to know how how you work um you know because we're we're positive reinforcement only here you know of course i'm rolling my eyes because that's not how nature works with it with each other and um and then she she went into you know we don't we don't use um uh negative reinforcement at all i'm like okay so i can't even have this conversation with you because you don't know the terms you know, positive punishment is yeah. adding something that is unwanted to prevent a behavior from, and so, and so I just I just kind of stopped listening at that at that point because you know she's trying to voice, voice her opinion to me about something that she doesn't doesn't understand the definition of herself and it you know once again it just kind of turned me off from from wanting to wanting to work with with that rescue because they're bringing and I understand we're all volunteers here and I apologize for this for this bit of a rant but they're bringing on people who who in, in, in reality don't know what they're talking about. And it just drives me crazy. You know, it, that's, that's an emotional statement, but like you, I think it's dishonest. Mm -hmm. I think it's disingenuous to talk about something and not really understand the words that you're saying or, or using different definitions than, than the rest of us do. So, yeah, I, I, I totally hear you on that, on that. Um, so, so getting back to um, the specifics, like here in, in the States, dog training is, pretty much unregulated across the board. You have to fill out, you know, you have to get a business license. And in this county where I am, you have to get a zoning license, which basically the county, I have to pay the county to tell me, you may have a desk in your house where you make business calls and fill out spreadsheets. I have to pay them a fee for that. I get that everyone wants a piece of the pie financially, but they, you know, they don't are, they aren't checking on any trainers. They're not seeing who handles a dog, how, and you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but other than that, you know, you can call yourself whatever you want, as long as you have the, the license in the, in the county, um, in the, in the Commonwealth of Virginia here, but you were in, in the UK, you have a lot more boxes that you have to check, correct? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's slightly similar to yours in as much as it, although it's an unregulated industry, um, what that means is essentially no one awarding or governing body. So as an example, if you want to work with gas here, right. so, uh, sorry, um, I don't know what you call it, but as in gas that you use in your home to yes. use mm -hmm. a radiator and a boiler, mm -hmm. not not um, petrol, uh, you have to have a gas-based system. So there's one qualification. If you don't have that, you can't 
um, touch the gas systems in people's homes, and right. it's a criminal offence if you do. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's although there's not a one uh, awarding governing body, there's there's a, a whole plethora of people that are awarding various different types of certificates. Um, here, I could I could you know watch a YouTube clip and then call myself a dog behaviourist. The the defining or the sort of differential there is, and this is a debate that's kind of that I've seen played out a little bit on the internet uh, groups, Facebook groups, of people saying you have to have a, a level six or a bachelor of science degree uh, qualification to call yourself a behaviorist, which isn't which isn't true. Wow. All of that level six um, qualification uh, allows us for you to call yourself a clinical behaviorist. So each qualification will give you a certain um, you know, level that you're out to, to work with. So although I'm not a, a clinical behaviourist, so my course was a level four uh, course, um, and a level six is a Bachelor of Science, to call yourself a clinical behaviourist, you can do that. However, what you can do is a level six or a Bachelor of Science course, it's kind of the same level of qualification, but a different name of qualification, if that, if that makes sense. Right. It's the way of comparing the standard rather than the specific okay. title. Um, but you could you could go and uh, take on board uh, you know uh, in applied animal sciences or any animal sciences and then call yourself a clinical behaviorist. But you would have studied a very very tiny portion of dogs and dog behavior. Right. And you'll be looking at the the mating uh, cycles of frogs and and the life life expectancy of a gnat because right. you cover a whole range. So so it's a it's a it's an interesting one actually. And I think again this is something where a little bit of misinformation is coming out where people are. So essentially saying, you, you know, I'm I'm the most qualified. Anybody that hasn't done the course that I've done is wrong. <laughs> and I actually had this conversation with somebody yesterday. I, um, I'd supposed to be volunteering, just a little bit of an aside, I was supposed to be volunteering with a, an event 10 minutes walk from me, uh, UK Dog Surfing Championships, which is quite a cool thing to do yeah. on the beach. And dogs go on paddle boards and play. And it's just a fun day out. Um the short version is I'd spoke to the owner about helping him with that. I didn't realize he had a behaviorist on board. We had a conversation. He still wanted some help. I spoke to the other behaviorist slash trainer. And um, very quickly into the phone call, she all she was interested in is, would I say that I am a force-free trainer? And when I explained that I don't identify, I don't, I don't agree with any of the terms because I think people call themselves force-free and positive without understanding what they are. Right. Um, and they also go against their own um, claims. Absolutely. So I, I'm not going to join any of those groups because I think they're, they're more about politics and pushing an agenda than they are about helping dogs. So I stay out of all of that all right. of that group. So she then told me how I was then a balanced trainer and, and essentially I didn't know anything in the last two years of study that I've done and working with people meant nothing uh, and it was only any good if I you know, followed the route that she'd gone down. <laughs> so I, I terminated that and spoke to the organiser and said uh, thank you. Thank you, but but I don't think this is going to work right. in, the, in the most polite way, and which is a shame. But I'll still go down and enjoy it, and I'll get. But I'll go as a as a paid member of the public instead of a, someone that was helping. So I'll probably have an easier day. Um, so yeah, that's where that's kind of where we sit. Essentially, when you then have so we don't need like a business license here, but you need to set up with your company and has to be registered with the government, right? Um, mainly for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you have a company like that, essentially you would you would need to have insurance. It would be well, it would be very negligent if you didn't have insurance. But uh, in a lot of cases, you can't work without it. And they'll ask you about your your qualifications or your professional experience, but they don't check anything. So right. although there's a tick box to say what you've done, 
it's not really vetted because nobody understands it. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm concerned that we are going to move to regulation, um, which, which can be a very good thing, but I think it depends on how it's regulated and by who I agree. Uh, as to where this goes. And that's so uh, at the moment, there's, there's a, a lot of people that identify under so various different, different banners. Um, and I just stay out completely out of that. Uh, so my qualification allows me to, to, you know, do what I need to do. I could continue to study, um, but I would much rather learn about things and work with dogs and work with people than I would study another two-year qualification. Um, that just keeps me in my office looking at a computer screen. Yeah, and I, you know, my my sentiments exactly on that is I would I would rather go out and and play with dogs or watch dogs or help dogs and learn from that by watching dogs behave. You know, interacting with each other at a at a dog park than, like you said, sit in a classroom, stare at a computer, or be told about dogs from a person. Because, like you said earlier, dogs are the best teachers, and so why not why not learn from dogs and and observe from them now. But is there is there is there a certain amount of of peer pressure or pressure from the public for someone in your in your line of work to have a certain certification or or degree or or, or not? Because for for me, I can just convince someone or or not. In some cases, I can convince someone. I have no letters behind my name. I have had no formal training. I can help you with your dog. I'll show you why. I'll talk to you why, whatever. And that's all people need here. But it's it's a little bit different for you, correct? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think there's I, I think there's a lot of because there's so much disinformation on the web. People are completely confused when they get to yes. me. So I try and cut through that. So. So I, I have, I do have letters after my name, which means absolutely nothing really. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's something that we, that we use because you'd be silly not to. And I think that just breaks a barrier of people to say, listen, I have spent, you know, this was a 340 hour you know, guys guided learning, but I've definitely have tripled that at least in terms of the time I put into that. So at least a thousand hours of study just into that course and wow. then everything else on the peripheries of, of it. So it's a lot, it was a lot of time, um, studying this is why it took me you know the best part of just over a year to complete that course um but i think i think most people want their problem solved <laughs> they don't really care if i'm a professor of, of dog sciences or i grew up in the wild of wolves what they want is can this person solve the problem and what what i'm finding more and more of, and it's something i noticed in my market research beforehand that um the vast majority of uh, people involved in the dog industry here so trainers behaviorists walkers are our ladies mm -hmm. um, so we're men are in a huge minority yeah same here and when i spoke to, to um you know my so my marketing and branding person um because i wanted to just you know i'm a bit ocd and i wanted things to look nice um uh, and a few other a few other friends and people that were friends of friends so i didn't just get the I'll tell you what you want to hear answers. Right, right. Uh, they all said to me, to be honest, and, and without exception, actually, all of them, because um, I said, look, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm shaved head and a beard and 200 pounds, and I like to work out. Is that threatening or intimidating? I don't, I, I don't think I am, but I don't see myself through their eyes. And they all said, um, you know, using very similar language, that actually, we, if we have got to a problem at that stage, we just want somebody to fix it. And a lot of the times a man coming in brings a different dynamic and we just want them to help. Oh, interesting. So I think actually being being a man, 
being you know, able to talk to people without being, you know, some of these dog, I say call them dog people, I'm a dog person, but dog industry people sound like nervous, yappy puppies on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I think you're not giving me any kind of calm you know, vibes at all from the phone. So what are you going to do when, uh, when you come to my house? So, um, so I think it's, I think it's, I think it almost, it, it, it bridges a conversation. It's an icebreaker that yes, you have this qualification. Um, I've had nobody, none of the people that I spoke to, none of my clients and my inquiries have asked me if I'm purely positive, if I'm balanced, what techniques I use. Um, Interesting. Because you wouldn't ask that of any, any other trainer, but they just ask how it works. And it's broken down as clearly as I can make it on my website. I, I deliberately don't have volumes of information on there because I want it to be simple and people can follow a process. Right. Um, and I always say that I, my whole approach is I want to, I think most problems or most domestic pet problems that we have can be solved by fixing the relationship and the communication between the owner and the dog. Okay. You can build that bond, you can build the trust and respect, then you can fix a lot of the other problems. Rather than let's just come and try and work out why your dog's pulling on the lead, it's probably a symptom of a far bigger problem. And I think when people hear that, they hear that you're actually going to look at something and you're right. not going to sign them up to a, come out every week for six months and I'll, and I'll creep you through this. <laughs> That's what they like to hear. So... Well, well said. But, yeah, I, I like maybe better for business. Yeah, I like I like how you put that. So, so while we're on the subject, uh, tell our listeners uh, your website. Yeah, so it's it's www.beardmeetsdog.com. Um, it's there is a picture of a guy with long hair on there. It isn't me. That's just a holding picture at the moment. We did a photo shoot last week. Uh, so the guy that did all of that sent me through the draft images today, actually. So oh, good. Okay. Have some nice pictures of a, all right. a but, guy with no hair and a big beard. But you, but and you do have a picture of yourself uh, further down on that on your homepage or your bio page, right? Yeah, that's uh, just a quick snap that we had that covers a, a video image. So we've got a replacement video going on for that as well. Um, so the web the website is is finished essentially it's just the the videography and, the, and those photos that need to be uploaded but we were holding out for the weather we had some storms here and the weather's sure. horrendous so uh, last week was the, the only day we could really get out and uh, get that footage taken okay and, um, and so, yeah, so other than that but other than that the website's functioning okay and, and sorry to interrupt so how did you come across um to how did you decide the name beard meets dog are you very proud of your beard yeah, it's, it's kind of me, really. I get, it's a weird thing, actually, that I get guys coming up to me in the gym or the pub or, or and you know, two blo- two blokes wouldn't normally approach each other and say anything. Yeah. And they're going, oh, a great beard or strong beard, and we'll have a conversation <laughs> about beards. It's really, really quite surreal. Um, but, yeah, I, I wrote, you know, pages of just stream of consciousness, silly things sure. uh, coming out. And uh, and then sent the kind of list out to my friends and got some feedback and uh, and then I just sat and thought, you know what, I really like it. It's it's what I'm doing essentially, uh, rather than um, you know someone's you know pulled canine services or something. I wanted something that was a bit fun, something that stood out, yeah, something that was a little bit different. And you know the whole I think the whole crux of this business is people forget it's a service industry and it's the people that are going on Google and the people that are making the phone calls, not the dogs. Dogs are more than happy chewing things up and running around and doing what they want to do. <laughs> right. uh, they don't want us to come and interfere with that. So, so it has to be approachable. And again, because of 
um, you know, my background and and the way maybe it worked. Look, I wanted to make sure it wasn't intimidating or, or aggressive in any way. So, so that's why we went with the, the beard meets dog. All right, excellent. I like that. So you've answered uh, many of my questions here. I still have a few more, but these are kind of short answer, rapid fire questions, and these are the ones that I have not told you about. So, uh, let's get started with these. What do you like most about your job? Uh, helping people and meeting dogs. Okay, just on a on a on a general basis. And then, um, yeah. are there parts of your job that you don't enjoy or like dread? Um, I think the scheduling. I'm, I'm a bit concerned. I'm gonna because I'm a little bit OCD. I need to find a better system so that I don't miss an appointment. So I've got at the moment three calendars where I put <laughs> things in. And um, so yeah, that that sort of side of it, the, the almost the business admin side, the social media side. Okay. All of the, the stuff that most people are really good at, I just I don't enjoy. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and uh, and uh, next, um, what are your favorite and least favorite breeds, both to work with but also to own? Ooh. Um, least favorite. I'll go, well, I'll go with most of my favorite to work with. So I like, I like working with any of the poo mixes. So the Cavapoo, Cockapoo, okay. um, we've got yeah, everything's kind of mixed with the Poodle yep. here at the moment. Um, just because they're kind of a little, they're a little bit nuts. They're fairly intelligent <laughs> dogs. Then the dogs are generally cleverer than the people. So you have to kind of come in and say, "Hey, I know your game. I've got you." So they're, and they're great, and they're great fun. And they're like, sure. oh, "Okay, okay you caught me out. I'll, 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 you know, I'll play properly now." Right. So I really like that. Okay. Um, um, in terms of not wanting to work with, I think sometimes the just from purely from a um, from a, a difficulty liability point of view, is the kind of the the bigger um, bully type breeds. Now mm. I like them, but the problem is, is they're quite often mixed with a with a weak leadership at home. Right. And my, I like working with them. I like them as breeds. My concern is, can I impart enough confidence and ability in the owner so that that dog doesn't bite somebody? And I always kind of leave thinking, I'm sure it's not the dog. I'm sure it's the owner. But right. I don't want a bite or I don't want a phone call. It just, that's, that's, it, I don't know. It's always, there's always a concern for me there. Okay. Um, in terms of ownership. Uh, and you, you currently do not, not do not have that, a dog yourself, right? Right now? No. When I moved, um, I moved into my apartment a few years ago. There's no, no animals allowed. So, and then COVID kicked in. So I've not been able to move, but I've got my girlfriend's dog, um, who I find have adopted Louie. Um, who will be on the website soon. So he's our little Shih Tzu, and he's just a, okay. a great little character. Unfortunately, I lost lost my dog in the in the divorce and the move. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I have to start again. But it's it's just a, a victim of circumstance at the sure. moment. Um, it's good in a way because I think I'd probably end up with half a dozen dogs running <laughs> around at the moment for the rescue. So right. maybe a good thing at the moment. <laughs> but when when um, you when you start to look for for a dog for yourself for your pack, what what are you going to gravitate mm-hmm. to? Or is it something? Is it a breed specific or is it a, a like, like with, well, I'm doing both. Or is it more, I want this temperament. Yeah. hundred percent personality. And okay. I think I'm going to rescue, not shop. Right. Um, so a bit like yourself, really. I want, I want a dog. And I spoke to, to one of my mentors. He said, basically don't get a, jo- a dog that's too trainable because you don't want a dog that speaks more human than dog. You want a dog that you can <laughs> oh, communicate that's with. That's interesting. And it's a great, great clip that um, kind of in, uh, embodies that to me. There's a film called Hot Fuzz um, over here, it's, and um, it's about sort of a police comedy type thing. And they take um, one 
of the, the other policemen up to go and visit somebody, not because they need the policeman and his dog, but they need him as a translator. <laughs> and that's what I always think. It's almost like my dog is in the middle there as a translator. I want to tell my dog what I need him to tell the other dog. Right. So and in terms of kind of breeds, I, I really like, at the moment, I'm really liking the Aussie cattle, Aussie shepherd breeds. Okay. Um, I, I love huskies, but I think it would be too much. I've obviously got to you know, think about my girlfriend as well. <laughs> um uh, so that wouldn't be great. Um, I met an awesome labski the other day. Okay, um, he was uh, just an incredible character. Um, but I think I think with me, I I'll know I'll know the dog when I meet him. I'll know his temperament, right. his kind of personality, and that's much more important to me. I think the only thing I probably wouldn't ever have, just because it, it kind of drives me nuts, is my, my brother had a great Dane, and it's just slobbers everywhere. Oh, interesting. I, I think I just get fed up of cleaning up. So um, probably not a Great Dane. Okay. Uh, and the UK is not built for Great Danes. With you know <laughs> everything is a lot smaller. You couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't take a Great Dane in my van camping because it would take up the whole van. Right. <laughs> I couldn't take him to a pub because it would need its own four seater table. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, but um, but you, but you yeah, other than that, I don't really mind. Okay, but you you would consider um, like a small like a small dog, a dog you could just pick up, um, you know, and, and and carry into into a pub or something. You're not against small dogs, yeah. is, okay? No, not at all, not at all. I think there's nothing wrong. Nothing. I, I, I don't like the fact that we are breeding um, accessories and right. Instagram bots. Mm-hmm. I think that should stop. But you know, the, I, like Louis the Shih Tzu, he's amazing. His personality is just such a, a character. Um, really, really affectionate, just really brave. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- whatever you want to do, he wants to do it with you. Um, so he's a great little character. So now I definitely wouldn't be against a smaller dog. Um, I've met loads of loads of little dogs that are perfect if you like apartment dogs. And if if we were allowed to have dogs, if unfortunately a management agency, um, you know, you're not allowed it. Even though I own the apartment, I don't own the what they call a leasehold, right. which is the the rights to the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't have one, and I'm on the top floor. It's not really fair. Um, but um, yeah, I would in here. A little dog would be amazing, and there's not really any dogs that I wouldn't consider. I don't think so, apart from a Great Dane. Right. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm not one of these guys that needs to have 120 pounds Ridgeback, or you know, it's not really very practical um, with the space that we have here. But yeah, I would consider any any little dog really. Okay. And, and so, um, in, in kind of projecting your next dog, um, how do you, how do you think that that works into, um, into your work as a, as a behaviorist? Cause for me, I like being able to walk, you know, go to a client's home and bring out a big dog and a medium and a small dog and show them, you know, the size doesn't matter until and unless the teeth come out. But until then, you, you know, a small dog can boss around a, a big dog and, and a big dog can be submissive to a medium dog and all sorts of stuff. So I, I like having, having the three that I, that I did. And that's, that's what I'm shooting for again, is to have a small, medium and large. Do you, have you found that, um, that, that enters into, into some of your decision-making process or are you looking at any of that or you're just, you're just looking for that temperament, that, that click that, that meshes with you? Yeah, no, def- definitely, because I've been listening on, into your podcast, and I think it, it's good to have that variety. Um, I probably wouldn't go, only because of the space that we'd have here, but small, medium, large. If I, if I had a ranch or something, I'd probably have 
one of everything. Um, <laughs> but practically speaking, I think I'm probably going to cap out at two dogs. Okay. I'd start with one, and then I'd probably then have them almost on a like a rolling, you know, sort of rotor, if you like, which sounds very cruel, but I, I think it would be better for me and better for the dog when the eventual ad eventuality happens sure um but really what i'm looking for dogs is is something that can something that's just calm something that just takes it all on the chin right mm -hmm. um can kind of show you know i don't want to re uh, you know a hype hyper dog that goes to somebody's house and causes a problem also don't want that for me um so I, although i'm i'm looking for a friend i'm looking essentially to create a you know my best mate that we go out and do things together right um, i need him to come to work with me as well so he needs to serve or he or say he he or she needs to serve a purpose, um, uh, you know, within the work. So I think it will be it will be entirely. I'll, I'll probably will start as a compromise somewhere in the middle there, um, at size wise. But okay. anything that has the right personality, I would definitely consider. All right, excellent. Um, so I got two more questions here. Um, is there a particular client that you have worked with that you will never forget them and, and why? Um, client or dog? Yes. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's one that I'm working with actually at the moment, um, conflict in the house between husband and wife. Uh -huh. um, it was the, so I send out a questionnaire for people to fill out before I go out. Cause uh, basically it gives me a lot of information all in one place, right. a little bit of a personality assessment and it, it's a test to see whether or not they're prepared to put the effort in to work with a dog. Mm -hmm. um, and they were the first people that are considered rehoming uh, that I dealt with. So everyone ah, else wanted to okay. keep the dog and work. So there was a huge conflict in the house. And this, this person has, we stayed in contact through WhatsApp. So I provided WhatsApp support as well, because I think rather than waiting weeks between appointments, right. they can ask me a quick question, send me a quick video. I'm quite happy to do, to do that. Um, and the, the transformation in the dog's behavior purely from just putting in some basic structure and some rules and a um, little bit of desensitization to certain uh, stimulus that the dog was kind of reacting to uh, has been amazing. And she's so happy and so everybody's now on board. I think awesome. that's kind of my first real complete success story. Because okay. like, there was yep. conflict at home. Generally, I'm speaking with everybody that's on the same same um, song sheet. But um, so, yeah, they're a great, they're a great, that's a, a great sort of success story for me, you know, off of one session, basically, and a couple of WhatsApp messages and some videos. Fantastic. We've, we've made amazing progress. So really happy with that. Oh, good. Yeah, that that's definitely memorable. And was that early on or was was that like recently within the past couple of weeks? Yeah, that was in the past couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Kind of okay. The website launched. So it was somebody that I hadn't hadn't spoke to before. Um you know, they, they kind of found me through the website, um, but had a, you know, serious, kind of serious issue that they were going to have to rehome the dog. It was a, it was an aggression issue, but it was all complete fear. Um, tiny little toy breed, no aggression at all, mm -hmm. just all fear. Um, and we just kind of put that in place and, and they say they're super happy and really, really on board with the training. So that, I think that's one I'll never ever forget. Awesome. Terrific. Yeah. Th those will stick with you. So cool. And last question I have for you is, um, and no, well, I should say, I don't like this question. I never liked it as a kid, but I think it's important for, I, I mean, I want to know the answer. And, and I think our listeners are curious about what, what do you want to do with, uh, with beard meets dog in the future? Yeah. Um, so I've got two, two plans, if you like the business plan that I've got at the moment goes out three years. Um, and I did that really as a process for me to map out what I wanted to do. Okay. And that's really to just 
So solidify my knowledge. Uh, at the moment, I'm still kind of soft launching. I'm not, you know, advertising particularly for clients. Sure. I'm just de- dealing with the work that comes in because I really want to get my offering and my processes bound and polished. So mm-hmm. people know that the knowledge is there enough. I can help people. I've still got a lot to learn and I want to make myself more efficient without cutting corners. Um, I'm potentially going to do more. Um, I, I was kind of against classes because I don't think classes really help. But I think more of a, a coffee morning surgery type approach so I can actually give people knowledge and they can go and work on it at the moment. So I'll work into those. Um, if, if So over that next three-year period, if I can develop um, just become you know really good at what I do, and I'm I'm kind of obsessed with being the best I can be at this. Um, then I would lo- really like to take this to the next level, and that would be to kind of form a beard meets dog, a resource centre. So essentially, there's you know, me and maybe cool. a couple of other trainers or behaviourists, mm-hmm. doggy daycare, doggy boarding, uh, you know, the retail store there for for sort of treats and uh, well foods. Um, a vet, a groomer on site, um, you know, maybe a rescue sort of option on there as well. Right. Um, a little coffee shop so people can come there. So it's all, almost like I kind of have this envisaged a kind of a little hub, a little circular kind of hub. Sure. Where essentially, if you've got if you've got a dog, then we can deal with everything all in one place. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a great way of. Um, I think it'd be a great asset for people. Um, and I also think it'd be hugely rewarding for me to be able to just be oh, around yeah. dogs all the time. You know, I can deal with a challenging dog and then I can see them running around playing in the boarding or what have you. So, right. so that's that's uh, my sort of three-year point. I want to kind of see where I, where I am unless, you know, all of a sudden Dragon's Den or The Apprentice want to invest in me <laughs> and, get, and you know, get me off the ground. But I think I need to build the resources up first. But that's, uh, that's what I'd love, I'd love to do. I'd love to have that kind of resource. Kind of, I mean, I'd love to have what Caesar's got with his, um, his DPC. I think right. it's incredible. But um, and as nice as Bournemouth is, we don't have the weather here to do that. Okay. But um, if I could put everything in, in in that one kind of hub, and uh, I think that would be incredible. Yeah, that's a, that sounds terrific. Uh, I think that's a we'll see. that's a that's a wonderful goal. So. Um, well, I hope uh, I hope you continue to enjoy doing this as as much as uh, you sound like you do, um, and I hope to you know be able to 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 be a part of that as as much as um, much as it I can I can help you through this and you know talk to you about stuff and learn from learn from you as well. So um, you know I'm really really glad that we that we met each other, and I hope to get over to the UK someday and uh, and meet you in person and and watch you work. And and uh, you're always welcome to. Uh, to come across the Atlantic and, and visit us and, and come along on some appointments as, as well with us. I think that would, uh, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, that would be, I've already, I've already thought of that. As soon as the, uh, the kind of world settles down a little bit more and we, uh, I kind of have a bit of a safer feeling about uh, travel plans not being canceled, then right. uh, yeah, definitely I want to schedule a trip yeah. come across to, to Virginia and see how you guys uh, do it over there. Awesome. Well, that'd be, that'd be terrific. Well, um, thanks for being here, Paul. This was, this was so, so enjoyable for me and I'm glad I uh, got to give you a little more exposure and introduce you to, uh, to our listeners as well. Cause we do have some over in the, in the UK. So maybe they'll, uh, they'll get in touch with you for some, uh, some in-person training. So, uh, everyone, awesome. this is, this is, uh, Brian Kirkner with, uh, with Paul Hewitt of Beard Meets Dog. Paul, do you want to give, uh, give our listeners your, uh, your telephone number? Yeah, sure. So uh, obviously it's a UK number, so that will be plus four four zero double seven. Just read it off four six one eight one eight zero nine. Terrific. 
Well, thanks for being here, Paul. Uh, this is this has been such a treat for me, and uh, hope uh, hope to have you back again soon. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's kind of weird to be on the podcast I've been listening to for <laughs> maybe two years. So, uh, thanks for thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Awesome. All right, take care. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>